This is Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. Henningsgard for the win of the title. Yes! Yes! He hit him! He hit him! And Hillsborough, Chaco Valley are the state champions. Can you believe it? Chase Miller and Brad Anderson will give you the lowdown on high school athletics up and down the Red River Valley. Spartans with the basketball up by seven and breaking the press as Peach goes coast to coast off the window. Count it. Bucket. Got it. Good. The Kindred Vikings celebrate at center court. They have themselves a state championship and an unbeaten season. 26 and all. The Kindred Vikings defeat the North Star Bearcats 49-42. This is Prep Spotlight. Y'all ready for this? Might look like spring a little bit out there after a couple weeks of uh, zero or minus degree temperatures. Welcome to Prep Spotlight. Chase Miller, Brand Anderson with you again on a Wednesday version. A little bit of a guest-heavy show, but that's okay, as we'll talk with uh, John Ammerman, Moorhead Spuds hockey coach. A big weekend they had as, as part of Hockey Day Minnesota. Then as, as well, Tom Kirchhoffner, he's got the West Fargo Cheyenne boys basketball team playing pretty well right now. We'll get to both those guests a little bit later on in the show. But, Brad, let's get right down to it here then with the guest-heavy show the EDC basketball both on the girls and the boys side we kind of maybe thought of a couple teams coming in you know you, you got your Fargo Davies for both you had your Fargo Shanleys especially on the girls side you thought the West Fargo Packer boys are going to be pretty good but all of a sudden here comes West Fargo Cheyenne in the mix on both sides and how about the Fargo South Bruins last night Brad on the boys side getting a nice win over the West Fargo Packers well remember we talked early in the year we thought if there is a team that might be a sleeper maybe it's the Bruins you know it's not one or two guys it's kind of a whole mishmash group of players and you know they took Cheyenne to overtime Saturday afternoon they had a bunch of free throws to the Mustangs late now South comes in and then you look on the girls side Devil's Lake it's a tough trip Davies found that out so Devil's Lake with the win so that sets up a couple of interesting games Friday on the girls side Cheyenne at Red River Cheyenne trying to pick off one of the teams that they're looking up at in the standings and uh, Davies they're going to try to respond at South Shanley at West Fargo and then yeah on the boys side you know, south at Davies for the, I believe, the first time this year. And then uh, Shanley and West Fargo is going to be interesting as well. Shanley lost to a, uh, uh, I think, an unheralded Moorhead team the other night. Moorhead's got some talent. They're just kind of trying to figure it all out under a good young coach in Tyler Borman. Yeah, the Moorhead Spuds get both the win in the girls and the boys game uh, last night over Moorhead against the Fargo Shanley Deacons on the boys side. Now, we're starting to see the five or six teams that we probably thought we'd have about a race, but... Once you get to that EDC tournament, and depending on where you're going to be, nothing is guaranteed. But I think we know Fargo Davies is awfully good. West Fargo can be awfully good. Fargo North, Brad, if they play well, they can match up with about anybody just because they got some size and they got some guard play back there. And they gave West Fargo Cheyenne all they could handle. The Mustangs are pretty decent. We'll see more about Fargo Shanley. They had a game against West Fargo earlier in the year, which they could argue should have won, but they let West Fargo come back in the second half and chip away. Will they be able to bounce back on Friday against the Packers? And like we talked about, there's a Fargo South, there's a Grand Forks Red River, can a Wapiton or a Devil's Lake be in the mix? So the, the boys' side, Brad, should be really fun. You know, North is a lot better than I think their record shows, and they proved that again last night. Nice comeback. Sawyer Kenny really came to life in the second half. They've got good guards with Hogue and, and Critchley and uh, Martineau. 
yeah, they might be, just depending on the matchup in the first round, you just never know. They might be a team to keep an eye on. Waffenden seems to be playing better. Yeah, there might be a, you know, 7, 8, or 9 seed that might sneak in and might have a chance to make the state tournament. On the girls' side, Grand Forks, Red River, they're going to get tested, as you mentioned, with West Fargo, Shan. Devils like a state tournament team from last year. They brought some gals back from that. And like you said, uh, Tim Jacobson's club and Fargo Davies, not necessarily a wake-up call, just a hard place to always go up to, to, to Devils Lake and try to win. Outside of Fargo, Shanley really being at the top, who are going to be some other teams that you think might have a shot to make that top four and get to the state tournament if, if it ended today, Brad? I think Red River's got to be in the mix. I, mean, I don't know if we talk about that they just don't get enough credit. and uh, They're going to be solid. I think they're going to be in the middle. Cheyenne's kind of interesting. They're a wild card. Still a fairly young team, although some underclassmen with experience. Maggie Manson's awfully good. Dakari had a big first half Tuesday night. It'll be interesting to see if they can make that next uh, make that next step. In order to do that, to me, you got to pick off one of the teams ahead of you. And no better time like the present Friday night at Red River. From the Class A ranks, Brad, let's talk a little bit about the Class B ranks here, especially with Region 1. we got a basketball game coming up for you tomorrow night on our brother station, 104.7 Duke FM. Richland at Kindred, and if Kindred possibly knocks off Richland, all of a sudden Kindred's in the driver's seat to be a top three seed in Region 1, which is big because it gets you a buy into the quarterfinals. Fargo Oak Grove, they continue to put their stamp on Region 1, and a team which probably is getting a little bit more press every week that they're in the top 10 is Maple Valley. The more and more people see this team, you know, find ways to win the Barnes County Tournament, knock off a Lamora Lucho Marion team. That's always a, a quality club out there. Maple Valley, Brett, I don't think they're going to be sneaking up on anybody for the rest of the year. They've been uh, living on the edge here the last week and a half, man. They had double overtime with Hankinson. They, uh, uh, survived a game with Lamore Litchville Marion outside the region. They still have some heavyweights left with Lymer Lidgerwood. Uh, they got to play Richland yet. They got to play Oak Grove. So they're going to get tested. I'm looking at probably one team on the boys and girls side that maybe we haven't talked a whole lot about that might make some noise. You mentioned Kindred. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got uh, Keller, the the, the young uh, the young freshman who's about six 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 seven. Uh, they've got some younger talent, but uh, they might be able to sneak up. That game with Richland's going to be big. On the girls' side, Central Cass is starting to play, uh, starting to play well. I'm talking with uh, their coach Jay Bachman last week. He thinks that if they can win out, they have one game that they're going to have a little bit of a challenge right at the end of the regular season against Lisbon. But they feel they feel if they can they could win out, they could be a two or a three seed and get a first round bye. They they play about three seniors, but they're also playing some eighth and ninth graders too. So it's a it's a unique mix. That's going to be one of those things in Region 1 tournament. Again, the top three get a bye. This year in Region 1 tournament, not everybody is guaranteed to be playing down at the NDSCS or up at NDSU because the higher seed for the playing round from 4 through 8 will host. And if you're 9 through 13, you're going to be on the road. Brad, we saw the format the last couple of years where everybody made it to the big, mm-hmm. you know, to, to the Blickery Activity Center or to the Shack. Do you like it that way where everybody gets to come out? Or do you say, you know what, make the regular season matter a little bit. And if you do earn a 4 through an eight seed at least you get to have one more home game if you're a senior i like to have it kind of for selfish reasons so you get to see everybody yeah. play once <laughs> and and talking with coaches and athletic directors in region one it was about split i mean some people said you know what we got to get them on the big floor it really helps get everybody the quote-unquote tournament experience but then there's the argument that you present is the fact that you know what uh, a region one team if you've had a good regular season you should be rewarded with a first round game in the playoffs, and I think they're looking at dollars and cents too. I think if you get a you get a good matchup with two teams in close proximity, 
going to be a pretty good gate uh, no matter where you're at. And you got to make sure the venue's open, which we always have oh, yeah. some issues with sometimes depending on where State A boys basketball is or depending on what NDSCS or NDSU, mm-hmm. what, they're, what they're playing at as well. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back. We're going to talk a little more head spot hockey with John Emerin. Later on in the show, Tom Kirchhoffner from West Fargo Shan will be joining us. He's Brad Anderson. I'm Chase Miller. We're back after this talking spot hockey on 740 The Fan. Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan, little 7.3 FM, 740thefan.com. As uh, getting down the home stretch for the uh, Moorhead Spuds Boys hockey team as they had uh, a pretty special event at uh, Lake George in St. Cloud, part of uh, the annual Hockey Day Minnesota event on Saturday and uh, came away with an overtime win. As uh, First off, we visit and say hello to uh, Coach John Amberman. Thanks for uh, taking the time again. Yeah, no problem. Uh, this past weekend was a heck of a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously, a a very nice win, but a pretty cool event to be a part of as well. With the event, and obviously a little bit different than when it was in Moorhead, where you were just kind of one of the one of the invited teams and one of the visiting teams. So it, with all the with all the you know the excitement and the hype that went along with it, um, I would imagine the fact that you, you didn't have to organize it, you just kind of had to go down there and uh, just be a be a part of it was uh, probably a little bit uh, probably less pressure maybe than uh, than there was when it was up here a few years ago. Yeah, and part of it, too, is the event has grown in the last five to six or seven years, whatever it has been since more of it has hosted. Uh, uh, it not only was the hockey games, but there were events the evening before. There was uh, a winter village associated with it, and uh, the rink itself is now still up this week, and they're, they're having different events there as well. So it's not only a couple hockey games anymore. It's, uh, it's also really a celebration and uh, an ongoing event as well you kind of answered uh, at least partly answered my question what was different from what it was uh from when it was here obviously it's become more of an event is there anything else that uh, that has changed with it uh, since uh, since it was here a few years back uh well i, I think the attention too you know when it began in, in the mid-2000s it was a game or two and, and it was televised culminating with a gopher wild game at the end but now on friday there was a girl's high school game. There was an alumni event that I got to be a part of on Saturday. Uh, the first ever women's college game got to be a part of it. Uh, two boys games. And then a, a college men's game before the wild game. So kind of filling over into multiple days and uh, there are different things tied to it as well. Our Youth Hockey Association was down there for the entire weekend uh, playing against both Centennial and area teams. So it's turned into, you know, much more than just that one day and uh, a celebration of, of the high school team, but uh, also the community, too, in the partnerships that they make. And I, unfortunately, wasn't able to be a part of the, the one in Moorhead a few years ago, but, you know, I, I know that that was a lot of work and time, and there were a lot of great people that were involved. But I think Hockey Day is now turning into an event where the the next year has uh, a lot to top, and, and St. Cloud definitely did a nice job. I know you mentioned the event there, John, but it also seems like if you're part of Hockey Day in Minnesota, you got to be a pretty good hockey program, whether it's in high school. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the college, we saw two top-ranked 10 teams in, you know, St. Cloud State to Minnesota State Mankato. So it's almost highlighting some teams that they think might be finding their way to the Excel Energy Center, especially at the high school ranks. Uh, this time of the year, able to get some pretty good talent on the ice. And obviously, uh, it probably speaks kudos to your program and what you've guys been able to do, not just uh, this year, but in years prior, John. 
Yeah, and, and the process is kind of interesting. You know, this is the first time we have been a part of it from the, the other side, like you had mentioned previously. Uh, and we had kind of gotten hints or indications in the spring of last year that we were being considered. And then uh, right around April or May, we found out that we would be one of the teams playing. And I think it has to do with a little bit of our success from last year in the high school team, but also our, our youth hockey program. And, uh, Minnesota Hockey and the Minnesota Wild are, are very important in picking those teams. And I think the way that our youth hockey program goes about their business and uh, some of the different things like our Tobalt Leash program and, and some of those different unique things that we do here in Moorhead, I think that goes into their, their promotion of community-based hockey and the Minnesota model. And uh, we think we're doing things the right way and, and hopefully success will follow. But we were really happy to be a part of it, and it's one of those opportunities that if they ask, you, you say absolutely, and, and you do your best to represent the community well. Well, they certainly uh, certainly did that, no question about it. And then, and, you know, I don't want to, you don't want to hide the fact, but uh, you, you beat a you beat a state ranked team and a good one um, uh, on Saturday with the with the Carter Ranclev goal in overtime. Yeah, and uh, we think we're playing a little bit better now. You know, we we have a lot of the tools to be successful towards the end of the year, but. Every year, it's a learning experience, and you know, a couple weeks ago now, uh, we had a few losses that I don't, I don't think really fit well with, with our team or our program, and uh, we're starting to slowly change the way we're playing, and, and hopefully uh, playing extremely well in this, in this last month, but uh, Saturday was definitely a step in the right direction against a very good team, and uh, we found a way to win a close game, which is one thing we haven't haven't really done this year so uh, obviously exciting and, and the stage was something that uh, is a little bit different too so really fun for our kids and our community and, and obviously fun to be along for the ride. Morehead Spuds boys hockey coach John Emmerman with us here on Prep Spotlight and let's talk about the depth here in Class 2A John I, I think you can go to any part of the state and you're going to see some quality hockey here in Class 2A how have you guys been tested so far with just a handful of games left in the regular season with that depth in Class 2A? Well, early on in the year, uh, we did quite a bit of traveling throughout the state. We played St. Thomas Academy, played uh, Minnetonka, we played Lakeville North, we played Holy Families, so we played a handful of teams in the top ten. Um, Wyzetta is slowly moving their way up the rankings. We just played Centennial. Uh, Brainerd is a top 15 ranked team right now. Throughout our schedule, about 20 games right now, at least half of them have been state-ranked opponents in AA, and it's, uh, it's it's not giving our, di- our guys a night off, but one thing about this season is there have been a few teams that have set themselves apart a little bit, but uh, it's not like it has been in the past where there's one or two teams that are heads and shoulders above everybody. There, are Every single team in Class 2A has lost at least one game, and uh, a lot of the scores have been close. So uh, it's anybody's ball game, and, and uh, the fun thing about the state tournament is it's a one-and-done situation. So between sections in the state tournament, you know, there's only two teams. It's one in Class AA and one in Class A that win six straight games. And Hopefully we're one of them. We came up one short last year, but it's really the fun part of the year right now, and, and hopefully we're playing well. Well, you've logged a lot of miles. You'll get some home games here down the stretch. Uh, in the section right now, you've split with Brainerd. you shut out uh, St. Michael Albertville at their place. You've got St. Cloud coming up and Bemidji coming up. How's the uh, how's the section looking? Any surprises from one uh from when we talked earlier in the season? Uh, not so much. Uh, you know, we knew Brainerd was going to be a quality opponent, and I think in both of those games, the one that we had at home and then when we went up there, the games were closer than the scores indicate. You know, we beat them 6-1, 6-2, 6-3, 6-4, 6-5, 6-6, 6-7, 6-8, 6-9, 6-10, 6-11, 6-12, 6-13, 6-14, 6-15,
when they were here, uh, but the shots were basically even. And then uh, about a week and a half ago, we lose five nothing, but we outshoot them by about five to ten shots. So the, both games have been very competitive games. It's just one team for some or whatever reason it is has scored a few more goals than the other. So that'll be a, a nice little, uh, I guess, competition to, to watch down the stretch here. But uh, there are a few teams playing well here coming up. We have uh, St. Michael Albertville, which is a team that in the last three to five years that has played very well. St. Cloud is a very senior-laden team and, and has quite a bit of skill up front. And then you have your traditional Roseville teams that, you know, have been in the thick of it and, and their communities know what it takes to win. And it'll, it'll be a fun time here in Section 8AA and hopefully we get a one or two seed and, and we have full mice through the semifinal and, and we have a chance in the section final coming up. Uh, John, when you take a look at this time of the year, you, as you mentioned, you're kind of climbing that mountain, but as you've been through it as a player uh, with the Moorhead Spuds, now you've been through it as a coach. What has been more nerve-wracking for you to actually go on the ice as a player or have to sit behind the bench and worry about line changes and everything else? What's more nerve-wracking for you, John? You know, as a coach, you know, there's only so much you can control. And, and by the, the end of the year, it, it's really, you know, maybe a few small tweaks and adjustments, but for the most part, um, the wins and losses are what you did in, in November and December. So once you get to that point, it's, it's a lot of uh, things that are outside of your control or as a player, um, you're the one out on the ice making the difference. So I would say right now, at least you have your hand in it, but uh, you don't have a direct direct hand in the results. So the good thing for me this year and, and in the past is we have some very quality hockey players here in Moorhead that uh, – and it's fun to watch them succeed, and, and hopefully we get to watch something similar to last year. Other than maybe some of the household names, Carter Ranclev, Jack Stetz, Cole O'Connell, uh, who have been some of the guys that uh, have uh, have stepped up stepped up this year and become uh, an active part of this program? So Ethan Frisch was a sophomore for us last year and uh, was committed to the University of North Dakota. And this year as a junior, uh, has really done a nice job of controlling the play, the defenseman that is good in all areas, and and is an extreme competitor and a great leader. So it's been fun to watch him grow as a junior and really be a leader on our team. And then up front, uh, Isaac Hanksmeyer Howe, another junior that's kind of taken that next step uh, last year, was a nice compliment in the middle as a centerman on our third line. And this year, uh, we've moved him to the wing. And really, the last two to three weeks, he's really been a difference maker on the ice. And then uh, Kyler Clevin is another junior kind of a similar situation to Isaac last year as a sophomore, just kind of fitting in where this year really taking a step forward and, and he's centering our top line right now between Stetson and, and Ranclub. So we have a few juniors stepping in, um, you know, a few guys sprinkled throughout that provide depth and character, but we just, we have a lot of competition up and down the lineup and a lot of great kids and um, they're having a lot of success. So it's been fun to watch. John Ammerman, head boys hockey coach of the Moorhead Spuds. They are back at home coming up on a Saturday night. They will take on uh, Rogers coming up Saturday night at the Moorhead Sports Center. Four of their last five will be at uh, home to end the regular season at the Sports Center. John, appreciate the time, and uh, best of luck to the Spuds. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. John Ammerman, head boys hockey coach of the Moorhead Spuds. More Prep Spotlight coming up after this on The Fan. 
But Cheyenne head boys basketball coach, Tom Kirchhoffner, a Tuesday night, a wild one over at North, 88-85 the uh, final. But uh, Cheyenne with uh, West Fargo losing to South, they're right in the thick of things in the very tight EDC race. And now I'm sure not a pretty game. Defensively, you'd probably like a little better effort, but uh, you made some plays down the stretch, Coach. Yeah, we'll definitely take the win, especially in the EDC. It's, uh, it's a tough con tough conference, and you know when you play teams a uh, second time around, they're going to make the adjustment. And you know maybe our guys were score watching, you know, because North lost to Devils Lake and they only had 11 points at half, and um, North came ready to play, and we didn't do much defensively. We let uh, um, kind of North just drive in our gaps and kind of take advantage of, of, of our defense. So we got to correct some things and kind of get ready for Red River on Friday. Yeah, I got a quick turnaround with Red River, and when you guys have been been good offensively. You've hit the century mark a couple of times. When things are going well on the offensive end, what are you trying to do? We're just trying to uh, get the ball uh, and push the ball and get the tempo going. Um, we, we got really, um, we got a lot of guards and uh, I feel like uh, all the guards can shoot the three really well. Um, I think we got about four or five guys that are above 30%. We got two guys that are above 40%. So I'll take those odds. And so we want to make sure we just attack the rim. And if we can get a layup, we'll take it. If not, let's kick it out for an open three and then just keep kind of weaving it a little bit until we find the shot that we're comfortable with. Coons ends up with 28 points on Tuesday night, and he had a couple of threes early. I was impressed with him off the dribble, and then, you know, defensively, he came up with some with some big defensive plays to turn into some transition game for you. Yeah, um, you know, that's one thing that we recognized when he was a freshman is he just kind of always found a, a way to get a steal and, um, you know, kind of led the team in steals and assists since his uh, freshman year. And so, yeah, he's a scorer, but, I mean, he's really good defensively. Kamal Hazrick's a grinder inside, averaging a double double per game, and did the same tonight. Uh, what do you like about his? Uh, what do you just like about his game and his effort? Just his leadership, and you know, like you just touched on, it's his effort. It's always there. He's always going all out. Um, I know he missed a few bunnies tonight that he'd want back, but um, you know, he's our he's our heart and soul of our team, and you know, he controls the glass, and he gets a cup. I think he's getting four offensive boards a game, so you know, that leads to four um, threes for extra threes for us, and so usually we're going to make one or two of those so he kind of gets us going and kind of gets this offense going it's been uh, it's kind of been a carousel kind of a merry-go-round among the top three four teams you you really took it to Shanley you lost to West Fargo you came back with Davies is it just kind of a matchup thing is it just very from night to night what uh, what can you uh, what can you tell in the EDC yeah, matchups and, you know, depending on how many games you played. You know, last week, it just kind of our Devil's Lake game got um, rescheduled over finals. And um, and then we had a short turnaround, and the guys had to still take three finals on Friday. Then and that had an afternoon game with South. And South is a really extremely uh, good ball club. And so got, teams are going to make their adjustments. It's just you got to come ready to play. And uh, now the fact that, you know, we've been uh, um, ranked for the first time in our program, uh, teams are coming after us. So, um and I, I was proud of our boys tonight because they handled it, and we're going to get uh, every team's best shot every night. And I think with North, you know, I've seen him play twice, and I guess my response has been both times was it's a better team than the record indicates. Kenny can cause some matchup problems. They have enough guards and enough guys that you have to, you know, they keep you honest defensively. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, I thought uh, Kenny's uh, improved tremendously since the beginning of the season. Um, and so... Um, Critchie's a, an, an excellent shooter and he drives extremely well and um, you know he got him going right away and we got to take away his left hand but yeah they're they're a, a tough uh, matchup and um, you know like you said their record um, they probably should be better so you know it's it's going to be a tough conference it's going to be a tough tournament and uh, same thing out west it's wild out there too as well. Is it defensively is it just kind of help defense is trying to add a little ball pressure a little away from the ball what are the things to work on for you on, uh, defensively? 
our help defense. So, you know, the guys that are, that are, we should be pressuring the ball and the other guys should be in the gap. And we're just allowing guys to get in the gap and then allow them to get to the hoop. And sometimes, you know, Kamal, he got, uh, he was in foul trouble tonight. And he had to come over and help out. And then he would end up committing the foul on the guy. Or, um, you know, Kenny would get the, the, the ball and he would just score down low because, you know, the other guy drove too low. And uh, Kamal is just, he can't be helping out. It's got to be the other guys helping out on defense. Good win, a good road win. Tom Kirchhofter, head coach of the Mustangs of Cheyenne High School. Thanks for the time. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. That'll do it for Prep Spotlight this week. Tomorrow night on 104.7 Duke FM, early start time, 6.30, Richland and Kindred in high school boys basketball. Doubleheader Friday here on The Fan with Shanley and Wes Fargo. And then uh, Monday night, a pair of Class B games for you with uh, Kindred and Oak Grove and Maple Valley and Lisbon on our properties here at Midwest Radio. Fargo-Moorhead for Chase Miller. I'm Brad Anderson. Enjoy your evening. I swear I